What's up, everybody, and welcome to B2B Made Simple. If you're passionate about marketing, you're in the right place. Whether you're doing marketing for a brand new startup or a $100 million enterprise, you'll learn strategies that'll help you build a solid team, impact your pipeline, and look like an absolute rock star to upper management. Why? Because these guys are the pros. They're not pretending to know the industry, they're in the trenches on a daily basis. My name is Sam Moss. I'm the co-founder of One Click Agency. We build websites for B2B companies, and I'm also the co-host of this podcast. If your goal is to become the marketer everyone else looks up to, keep listening. Hey, my name is Tim Kroll, and I'm the co-host focused on the topic of leadership here on the B2B Made Simple podcast. We have an exciting conversation coming, so let's not waste any time and jump right in. All right, guys, man, I'm actually really super excited. Um, I have Manfred Golent here today, and we're going to do some interview. The thing I love about Manfred is the fact that we have got, I'll call it world experience. I know you've traveled all over the place, um, Norway, the UK, France, Belgium, Spain, Singapore, I could go on and on. And you've worked with companies internationally. And that's kind of exciting because you hear a little bit about the culture coming through on some of your stories and your experiences. And I love being able to hear about how leadership is impacted in different parts of the world and how culture plays into that. And then at the end of the day, I think, and this is what you truly are, are talking about is um, the fact of in order to have a great coaching relationship, in order to be a great coach, it comes down to relationships and making sure that you've got a competent partner in your corner. And that's how you really work with others in your coaching business. But at the same time, it's really about the effectiveness because, you know, leaders in order, you know, we're talking about leadership effectiveness today, guys, just so you know what we're talking about, the topic, where we're going, but, and maybe we're going to go down this road too. But the fact is in order to be an effective leader, you have to have good relationships. So I, I I'm, I'm kind of maybe giving away, I don't know, maybe not giving away a little bit of it, but at the same time that we really want to focus on leadership effectiveness and that's our topic today. So Manfred, man, thank you for coming on. Uh, by the way, just make sure you uh, uh, tune in for the whole thing because I'm I, I, we're going to have some really cool things here at the end of it <laughs> as we drive through. So tell us about your story, Manfred, how and where and why? Why are you in this business? Why did you get started in this business? And then uh, what are some lessons that you've learned through the business? Tim, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. This is uh, an interesting conversation, I think. Uh, well, we like to keep it real. Don't, I mean, like that's where we're at. I mean, this isn't formatted. You're going to hear mistakes. It's okay. We're going to be real. 100%. You know, how did I get into this? First of all, look, uh, I'm very much uh, into relationships. Uh, uh, My, my clients and I, we have an authentic relationship and, and, and that is, that is key to create good outcomes. A coaching relationship is, Mm -hmm. uh, is really a, a, a mutual understanding. Uh, it's, a, it's a give and take. Uh, I can't do anything without uh, my client wanting to do their part. Mm. Uh, as a coach, I can't run their race. I can't do the practice for uh, yep. them winning their race. Uh, so, so my client has to work with me and I work with, with my client. So from that perspective, uh, of course, uh, it's, it, it is always uh, based on a on an authentic mutual relationship. When I talk about uh, uh, leadership effectiveness, uh, that's a very 
broad, bold, fat word. And uh, means <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because that's so true. I mean, we talk about that and every year I was like, of course I want to be effective. So, but how, how? And I think that's where we're going. Uh, look, uh, uh, I, I use, I use kind of three principles in my, in my uh, work as a coach. Uh, and, and the first principle is leadership. Uh, the, the reason we hire leaders and, and develop leaders and, uh, and, and, and treat them the way we treat them uh, with all kinds of uh, specialties uh, is they need to create results. That's the sole reason for leaders. Um, and, and I know that uh, might sound controversial. Some people may, may immediately uh, uh, have some, some issue with that. But uh, in principle, is to create results. Uh, the second premise uh, that, that I use in my approach is uh, what is then leadership? Leadership is creating results through people. Keyword is through. And of course, in the through, that's, that's uh, where a lot of the complexity mm. uh, unfolds. Uh, and, and, and it starts with self-leadership. If you can't lead yourself effectively, how can you lead anyone else? So the self-leadership is, uh, is certain, certainly one key component, and that is creating self-awareness, creating awareness about what we do and what we don't do is uh, uncovering blind spots that we may have. Uh, for sure we have, every one of us has them. Mm -hmm. And then the other part uh, of, of effective leadership is about uh, uh, how we interact with people, how we uh, create an environment of accountability, how we set goals and plan and, and create a plan that makes achieving them possible. <laughs> excuse me, again, together with our teams, our, the people that we lead, and, and how we engage people, uh, create an enthusiastic and passionate uh, 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 environment, uh, clarity with a vision and so on. I mean, there is a whole, as I said, an unfolding complexity. The mm. third premise is... Uh, Real leadership is situational, and, uh, and, and, and that's, that's about the toolbox, uh, the leadership toolbox. And uh, every, every person is different, every group is different, uh, and, and uh, every organizational culture has its own uh, uh, DNA. And, uh, and the leader really needs to have a highly expanded leadership toolbox in order to be confident that uh, uh, no matter what they are uh, confronted with, they know they have, they have the right mix of tools available right. at their fingertips and they know how to use them. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that too, because I see this so often and even in some of my coaching practices when I talk with leaders, sometimes what they're trying to do is just do a carbon copy or a cookie cutter copy of somebody else's leadership practices but they're not taking into account their own, like you just said here. I mean, one of the main things is you need to know and be able to lead yourself, which means you have to be aware of your personalities. What are your strengths, your talents? But then when you try to take a cookie cutter copy of somebody else who may not be your exact type, personality, different skill sets, which all of us have unique, it doesn't work. And so people sometimes as leadership breaks down, I, man, 
dude, we could probably talk about all three of these principles for an hour, right? I mean, because it's so oh, complex, like you said. <laughs> but I, I maybe we can hone in on this one, this last one, which is you, you're, you're talking about each one is unique. Each leadership experience is unique because I think that is a misconception with the vast majority of leaders across the planet, especially with those that are looking to become better leaders, become stronger leaders. I mean, we're told to look up to role models. We're told to look up to others. We're told to learn these certain principles. But how does that, how do you take uh, some of those toolboxes and then tie that in almost from the adaptability standpoint, because each of the experiences are going to be different. Each of the situations, businesses are going to be different. So how do we take a toolbox and apply it to an experiment kind of a thing? It's like, hey, I got a, I got a hammer. I got a wrench. I got a pair of pliers. I got a screwdriver, but I'm not going to use a hammer on a screw. You know, like you have to use the right things. With I mean, that's where I think you're talking about. So I'd like, mm-hmm. I think that might be the best place to dive in. If you're okay with diving out, I don't know. If that's where you want. Let's go there. <laughs> no, no problem. Let's go there. I think. Yeah, let's dive uh, into that. I think that's going to be really yeah. probably a re- very helpful as far as. I mean, obviously, we're talking about effectiveness. So, how do we take these toolbox? How do we take all these things and make them effective? How do we apply it to different situations? You know, look, uh, and, and of course, this is not something for, for an hour or half an hour of, uh, of a conversation <laughs> uh, uh, because uh, uh, it, it takes, uh, I work with clients uh, uh, for quite some time uh, in, in order to not only explore the tools and, uh, but also to build the habits and, uh, and the, uh, uh, the skills to use those tools uh, in an effective way. Uh, and but well, I, I give you an example. Uh, look, meetings. Meetings is uh, now, of course, with Zoom, uh, everybody is kind of zoomed out. I'm zoomed in, uh, but uh, but uh, uh, we 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 uh, and when when we look at meetings, there are so many things that we could do better, but you have to know and you have to understand and I'll, I'll i'll give you an example out of my of my own uh school of hard knocks it wasn't really hard knocks it was a knock it was a very benevolent uh, uh support from a from a previous <laughs> boss uh but uh i i uh, i was in my mid-30s and i i uh, i just got uh no it was, was towards my late 30s and I got, uh, uh, I was uh, transferred to our headquarters in Switzerland, and uh, and uh, it was a cool, cool environment. Great uh, uh, group of people, and uh, think about the dynamic. We were about thirty-five people with all the infrastructure, with uh, um, uh, assistance, and everything, and and we led that team, led uh, a group of uh, some. At that time, 70 companies, uh, 80 companies worldwide. So that, that was always uh, something going on, high pressure. Right. <laughs> I can uh, imagine. It was interesting. <laughs> it was fascinating. So I got there and uh, after a month or two, uh, I, uh, uh, there was a thing I, I called a meeting and I invited also my boss's boss. Because I think I thought his uh, his insight uh, was important in this meeting, so I had a nice uh, uh, invitation with a little uh, agenda on the meeting and so and uh, and uh, sent that out uh, and uh, 
uh, an hour later, my, my, my boss's boss called me and, and said, uh, hey, Manfred, do you, do you have a minute for me? Of course. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And your boss, call, have, boss's boss called every, me. Yeah, yeah. I got a minute. Every minute that you want. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, uh, give a moment, I will be right over. So I, I went over and he looked at me and he said, uh, I, I, saw your, I saw your invitation uh, to that uh, meeting. And uh, uh, I, I have to tell you, I'm not going to participate. So I, I said, well, uh, this, is, this is unfortunate. I thought it would be uh, really good if you, if you could partic participate. And he said, well, in fact, I could actually participate, but I won't. And I, I'll tell you why. I have decided that I only will participate in meetings that have a clear desired outcome stated as a headline. I don't care about the agenda. The agenda should really lead to that outcome that we want to have. If it's a meeting about a decision, then this is what it should be. If it's a meeting about information, that's what it is. So, Unless you can put a, uh, uh, a reasonable uh, uh, desired outcome as the purpose for the meeting, uh, I won't come. And I, I, I mean this in, in, in all positive uh, um, aspects. So uh, uh, I, I appreciated that input and went back to my corner <laughs> and was thinking about this. and. Uh, and, and when you start reflecting on that, we, we have meetings that are for three hours and have 20 people in them and has an agenda, uh, a well-designed agenda, and uh, everybody comes with uh, his or her five, slide, five slides uh, to um, do their thing. It's activity-based. It doesn't have clarity in what we want to have at the end of the meeting. So I have, uh, first of all, I fixed that thing uh, with, with my boss and, uh, and he participated. But that gave me some uh, real food for thought about how to design meetings. And I have, uh, I have then for the rest of my uh, career, I have always attempted <clears throat> to, to uh, have shorter meetings with only the people that are really having to participate in a given subject with a clear outcome, maximum two desired outcomes. And, and those meetings became more productive, mm -hmm. more substantive, more interesting. And the rest of the people were, were copied into the meeting notes, the minutes. And, uh, that became a really productive way of running meetings. And, and it's that simple. But unless, unless you find out yourself, I don't know how it would work, or somebody helps you. Right, <laughs> somebody tells you. Yeah. To, to, to get into the saddle with it. And you start thinking it through why and, and, and what, what that does. You don't learn that. Right? You don't learn that at college and whatever leadership classes there might be. That's a, so true. And it's so, such a powerful little concept. Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about that. My very first job in college, I was the security officer in charge of all the security for the 
for the college, right? And inside of there, <clears throat> prior to that, I was the sub underneath of the head guy. And we would have these meetings weekly that lasted an hour, hour and a half. Never understood why. Finally, when it was my turn, we turned that hour and a half meeting into a 15-minute meeting. And the first couple of weeks, the people that were used to the long meetings would not show up until the very end. And we were already done and walking out. It made such a big difference when we were doing it in 15 minutes. People wanted to come. They were thankful for it. They felt like they got the information needed, whether it was a schedule or whatever. Clear, boom, we're out, we're in, we're done. We're like, this is it. The impact of that, Justin, and I, I, I was fortunate to learn that in my college days, but what would be, what would you say would be the desired outcome to be able to just take that one thing in regards to the meeting? Because I know sometimes we, we look at this and say, well, you've got to have, now, if you're a service business, you've got to have meetings with your techs and meetings with your office staff and meeting with your leadership groups. And then in the corporation world, we got this channel, marketing channel, that channel. I mean, like you got channels all over the place. Shoot, your entire week and month could be filled up with meeting after meeting after meeting, which really, in essence, never gets anything accomplished. So why would someone want and how how can they pitch it either if they're a subordinate stepping into it? How can they maybe talk to their leadership staff or if you are the leader, what would be the first step to implement something like this? Well, first of all, when you say uh, nothing gets accomplished, I, I, I don't disagree with that. That's the problem. And, and yeah. the reason that nothing gets accomplished is most likely because there is no clarity. What do we want to accomplish? There is only clarity, but these are the activities that we are uh, that each one of us has to go through. Without, without, it's, it's as, in essence, it's, it would be like a company without a vision. We all go to work every day and we, we bust our rear end and we do whatever needs to be done, we think needs to be done, but it's not with a common goal, it's not with a, an overall purpose. And that's the same in a small scale with, with meetings. And meetings can, the reality is meetings are the heartbeat of the organization. Mm-hmm. And what do you have if your heart is not beating properly? you have all kinds of problems and you could also get into a cardiac arrest uh, um, uh, and, 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 and have strokes and whatever. And that's the same when meetings are not, when meetings are not the proper designed heartbeat, then, uh, then they become unproductive or frustrating. And you have people in a meeting that feel they have to be there because they were asked to be there. But they don't really have any input because it's there are activities they go through and, and but it's it's unclear. Right. Totally, totally get that. Yeah. So I would say that's a that's a huge lesson, especially for leaders, is making sure and ask yourself every time you host a meeting, what is the desired outcome? You know, as far as the takeaway, you need to know what your desired outcome is. You know what's interesting too, and I'll, I'll I'm gonna circle back on some of the stuff that you said. Um, and I think in that story, you gave a really great illustration. I mean, uh, uh, it's a creating results through people, right? And that was the second principle that you gave us. But creating results through people comes from an understanding of who you are and the self-leadership aspect. That example you just gave us, that individual, that leader that brought you into the office that says, I am not going to attend. He knew who he was as a leader. He had discovered his self and had been able to grow himself personally in order to be able to come back to you and say, I am not going to attend this because of this reason specifically, and then be able to give instruction in a really great manner. Well, he, he certainly has, and, uh, and uh, it came from a simple recognition 
uh, and that takes us into another subject we could spend three hours on <clears throat> time management. Mm -hmm. and, and the reality is we don't manage time. We manage priorities. I have 24 hours a day and I think you too. Last and time I checked, yep. <laughs> most other people around this globe as well. So uh, we are not managing time, we are managing priorities. So understanding that and understanding that time consumed or wasted is gone forever. You can't buy it back. You can't look if you say, well, uh, I didn't get to it today because I kind of uh, uh, totaled along with something uh, and was not efficient. Uh, I will catch up tomorrow. I'll work harder tomorrow. Well, right. if you can work harder tomorrow, you could actually do something else instead of catching up. Mm. You could do something else productive or creative or enjoyable instead of having to catch up what you screwed up today. Mm. That's the reality. And, and so uh, recognizing the fact that time <clears throat> is the only resource that once consumed, spent, wasted, will never, you can't get back, no matter what. I don't care how much money you want to throw at it or it's gone. And, and when you recognize that as a, as a human being, you, you, may, you may begin to look at the resource time from a different perspective. And when you look then at meetings, which are in essence a, uh, a, a, a time um, consumer, then you think about, okay, do I really want to use my time in a meeting where I don't know what is supposed to be, what's the purpose, uh, what do we want to accomplish? Uh, uh, yeah, I can understand the agenda, but uh, it's, it's unclear. Right. And, and that was his thinking. Uh, he did not want to spend unnecessary time that he could use somewhere else productively in meetings that are unclear. Yeah, and that's so contrary to what we often think. We often think the highest value is the dollar or the revenue. We often think that that is the highest value. In essence, though, what you're saying, and this is a really great point, and I want to make sure that we hit on this, is what has the most value is time. Simply because revenue comes and goes, we can use it and double it, and we can always make more. But time it's a constant tick of the clock. It's always there. And that, that, that reality uh, truly hasn't set in for many, many, many leaders. They don't understand Look, that. When I talk with my clients, uh, and, and uh, uh, typically in the beginning of a relationship, uh, uh, as always, profitability comes up one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I tell them right away, don't focus on the profit. Focus on, let's, let's look what are the things in your supply or value chain that are creating the profit, that are driving profit? These are the things we need to focus on. Profit is a result or lack of a result of not focusing on those drivers. That is where we need to put our energy, effort, enthusiasm, passion, and whatever onto the profit is, a, is just a, a result after the fact. Yep. Once, we, once we see the profit, 
or, or lost numbers, we can't, we can't change what happened. We can only change what we are doing next time if we choose to learn. Absolutely. But if we focus right away on what understanding, recognizing what drives the outcome, that's where we need to put our energy into. The outcome yeah. is going to be the result. And oh, so, I, and I, I speak with people all the time about this, and I, maybe you can uh, again add your two cents on this because I think this is really important. So often, what I see is that somebody wants to go from zero to all of the profit without doing all of these consistent actions. They don't want to discipline their time. They don't want to manage their time. They just want that quick fix. I mean, we're, that's our society, right? We want that. <laughs> stick it in the microwave. I got it done yeah, in a second. Yeah, instant, instant gratification. I'm sorry. There are no free lunches along the way. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but if you could add and speak a little bit to this, because I think it's really important when we start to understand the value of time. And then the concept of it, it's not a, it, we don't have instant gratification. What you did yeah. over the last five years, 10 years has given you the results of what you get today. Yeah. The only way yeah. to change the next five years is to start and change today. You need, look, our behavior creates our results. Can we accept that as a statement? Mm. So if we want to change our results, we need to look at our behaviors. We need to change our habits because 90% of our day-to-day -day behavior is habitual. Mm -hmm. We do it automatically. It comes without really conscious thinking. So... Uh, <laughs> And that goes back to the meeting. I mean, tie this all back together with the meeting aspect. I mean, how much time is being wasted because it's just a habit. It's just we go to meetings, we eat a donut, and we drink coffee. Absolutely. And, and uh, that is an area to shake things up very easily. And, and look, uh, it also goes back to the self-leadership. Uh, mm -hmm. And Well, self-leadership is a marketing term for self-discipline. Mm -hmm. Self-discipline sounds not as palatable uh, because it means uh, it gives self-imposed uh, restrictions or guidelines or structure. Yeah. But yep. that is where the difference is. Yeah, I, I, yeah, go ahead. People that plan and structure and, and, and go after basically plan their work and work the plan. These are the people that are consistently more successful, sustainably more successful. Mm -hmm. That's really what happens. And yes, it's sometimes not as sexy and as, uh, as uh, uh, shall I say, interesting and, uh, and uh, dazzling. It's not instant gratification. But it, but it creates the <laughs> results and it creates yep. it in a sustainable, predictable fashion. Yeah. Yeah, it, it and um, you know, I, I would I'll be the first one to raise my hand because you mentioned the word discipline and especially as myself growing up in a very strict environment, discipline to me that word was kind of a like you said it's a punishment it's a crack me on the head when I'm wrong and upside the head with a two by four kind of an idea, and then I started studying a little bit more about discipline and I, hopefully I can maybe change somebody's mind in this but the discipline is truly honing of a mastery. It's the practice of a skill. And if you can totally, discipline, totally. yeah, if you discipline yourself through the, what we're talking about as far as the practices and managing 
I'm using the word managing time, but you get what I'm saying here is just the fact of being able to manage your priorities and make wise use of your time. If you can discipline, in other words, hone the skill of time, that makes all of the difference. And that was what creates the results. Look, uh, we, we come back to meetings. You expect as a leader that, that people are on time to meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and what happens if you show up 10 minutes late as the leader? First of all, uh, if you do this once, it's one thing. But if there is a pattern to it, it's a completely different ballgame because you are telling everybody, well, while I'm saying I want you to be on time, it doesn't count for me uh, because I am whatever, more special, more well. Yeah, you, you're talking about one of my so pet peeves. You're, you're <laughs> setting, you're setting uh, examples. Yep. And, uh, and uh, particularly now with business owners, they, they, they have even more challenges with this because uh, they 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 have often that that clear perception is not only a perception well i pay those people yes that's correct and uh you pay them if you are there or not uh however if you want them to be engaged and go the extra mile for you and your business you will have to lead by example to a degree yeah, I, and and, yep. and if you are not willing to do that uh, and and apply that part of self discipline, well, you won't get that engagement and that yep. uh, sense of accountability and all the things that you are complaining about most likely. <laughs> that, <laughs> That's that, so that true. These, that these people are yep. and, and, and 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 don't and uh, whatever. Yeah. So. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you. And I, I think it really, truly comes down to a matter of um, respecting another individual's time. Because obviously, if that is the most valued part of it, if you don't show up on time, most likely you get upset if somebody else doesn't show up on time because it's more of a disrespecting of you're, you're wasting the most valuable asset that you have been given, which is time. It always mm-hmm. comes back to that. So, wow, wow. So, yeah, we, we've actually been talking for 30 minutes now already. Look at that. It's just Zoom oh. right by. <laughs> There goes our time really, really fast. Time uh, flies when we're having fun. Well, and especially when you're doing and you're talking about something that's really so important and critical. And that's why sometimes when we're when we're in the middle of this, it's just like you get into these conversations and they're so beneficial and there's so much really great stuff in that. But um, we, we do have to wind think, down. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll think, let you. Think, think about it. Think about it. Uh, if you if you consider this, these were just a few little tiny examples that we that, that we brought up here in this conversation. Uh, when, when you work with a client over time, how much good can, be, can come out of that collaboration? Mm-hmm. There are so many other things that we haven't even thought about here. Right, right. Well, and like you said at the very beginning, I mean, leading effectively is a really broad topic and we happen to dive into meetings and time, time management. I, I get it, but you know, like all of how do we value and priorities and there's a lot of good stuff. So if, if I was to ask you this question, I mean, because everybody's listening to this and they're saying, oh my goodness, we just dropped so much information. If you were to say, what is one thing that you would hope somebody would take away from our time and from our conversation and the things that, that we've spoken about today, what would be that one thing? Like, look, if you don't, if you didn't hear anything else, make sure you pause, write this down, learn this one thing. What would that one thing be? 
Can I have two things? <laughs> sure, I'll give you two. <laughs> an overarching, an overarching thing uh, as a leader, creating results through people. Mm-hmm. Start, start reflecting on that concept and, and think what it does for you uh, and, and what you might want to consider and think about and, and might want to uh, learn or, or change in order to create results through people. And look, leaders are also contributors. Uh, so, um, yeah. but, but when they have the leadership hat on, then it is creating results through people. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything they do themselves is a contribution they make and need to make. So that overarching thing, uh, it's, it's a good point for reflection of, uh, of getting into other things. And, and the other more specific, if, if you can walk away here today and, and rethink how you call and structure and, and uh, call uh, and, and organize meetings going forward, mm. that can be a very powerful change in your effectiveness and in your efficiency. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Awesome stuff. So, all right. A couple real quick questions. Number one, how can people get in touch with you if they wanted to get in touch with you? We'll put obviously whichever way we'll make sure that it's in the show notes so people can follow up, but how would you want somebody to get in touch with you if they want to reach out? Uh, that several ways. So you can, go, can uh, get in touch with me through my website, qli-international.com. Uh, you can get in touch with me by simply sending me an email, which is mgoland, M-G-O-L-L-E-N-T, at qli-international.com, or you text me to my uh, cell phone. Uh, well, you're the people. second person on the podcast to give away a cell phone. Not very many people do, but you're only the second out of dozens. 864-245-2324. If I don't pick up, I'm with a client. Mm. I turn it off at 11 at night and turn it on again at 7.30 in the morning. Man, that's huge. That's absolutely huge. And if I don't want to pick it up, I don't pick it up. (laughs) But but there is no problem with having my cell phone number. Right. That's awesome. That's really awesome. All right. Uh, Last question. If you were to recommend one book, and you're probably going to come back and say, can I recommend two? But if you were going to recommend one book, what would you recommend as far as a book that should be on your bookshelf? or that you should listen to or read? From the Arbinger Institute, Leadership and Self. uh, uh, I'm I'm not able to get the word out now. Leadership and Self-Deception. Man, that sounds interesting. I don't think I've ever heard of that one, so I'm gonna have to look it up myself. There are, they have three books. First okay. of all, the Arbinger Institute is quite fascinating in their work as well. Uh, but uh, they have three books. The, ver- the first was Leadership and Self-Deception. is from 2005-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second uh, was uh, the, the Anatomy of Peace. Absolutely fantastic. And the third is uh, uh, Outward Mindset the outward mindset. And if you like to read it, I would suggest to start with leadership and self-deception. Read it in this sequence, uh, the first, the second, and the third book. 
Oh, that's that's so, awesome. Yeah, so you kind of you snuck in three books. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> one of them is is in itself a great book, but uh, they uh, some elements build on something from the previous book. That's awesome. That's really awesome. All right. Anything else that's burning on your heart or on your mind? You're like, dude, I just have to get this out. I'll give you one last chance. Lead well. Lead well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, folks, thanks again for joining. Um, man, this has just been an incredible series. Last couple of weeks, we've had some really great guests. Manfred is, again, another awesome individual. I gave you his phone number. Take advantage of it. If, text him. If you've got questions, reach out because that is something that's truly special and truly an honor. Manfred, thank you again. And uh, we'll, get, we'll catch you guys next time. I wanted to say thanks again for joining into our conversation. You know, one of the things that I've seen across the board, whether you're a business leader, owner, entrepreneur, or even a leader, is the struggles that we go through and feeling like we're all alone. We've created a class, a workshop type class called MentorMind, where we meet for six months. In that six months, you were able to meet and talk with other people that are going through much of the same situations, same scenarios, same challenges, and it gives us a great way to be able to connect, grow, support, and encourage each other. And if you've often felt like there's no one else that you can share with, let me invite you to MentorMind, where you can share some of the challenges, come up with solutions, and be able to live the best life that you have. We'll talk soon, guys.